Hey, what's going on, you filthy animals? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Luke Muller. This week's episode, I had Forever Mrs. Budget. She's on Instagram. She's a wonderful lady to talk to. She's all about side hustling. She's all about creating memes. And she's all about personal finance and her journey. And really an inspiration. I love talking with her. You know, when I have people on the podcast, I really... I'm just hoping to have unique, interesting conversations with people that are fun to talk to, right? All walks of life. Doesn't matter where you came from. It, it, I just like talking to interesting people, and this was no disappointment at all. A really a fantastic episode. Before I get into the podcast, let me just go over a few housekeeping items. As you guys know, I was in Barbados for a while, so I hadn't been uh, posting podcasts probably for about a week and a half, but I have a few on backlog that we're getting to. This one I recorded probably a week and a half, two weeks ago, so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to, and a lot of big things coming up uh, with Wall Street Junkie, a lot of of great guests coming, Um, you know, I also talked to you guys about... uh, the registered investment advisor. So I'm actually in the process of being um, hanging my credentials at a uh, legitimate FINRA designated organization. And uh, I'll be good to go to actually give you guys real financial advice so I don't get in trouble, right? I don't want to go to jail, so please don't sue me. Um, But without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, my sun is right behind me oh not a problem i really appreciate you coming on I, I thank you for the opportunity to have you on no problem let's just mute this stuff here all right well so again thank you for coming on i just kind of you know i like having Different types of people on my podcast and your story, your debt story. I like the personal finance gig and I like your whole focus on side hustle. So I thought you'd be a perfect guest to have on. Well, thank you for having me. I love your page and your content and your awesome reels. And of course, I am a fan of chat. I I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, you know, just to start, do you do this full time or what is your story as far as professionally speaking? So professionally speaking, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse. Yeah, it's not, it used to be on my profile, but um, there's so much limited space in the bio. So I took it out. Okay. Um, But yeah, I've been a registered nurse since 2013. And before that, I've been a reg, I was a registered practical nurse. I believe you guys call it LPN in the United States. Okay. Since 2006. Okay. So you're based out of Canada, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. Ontario. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because like 60% of my followers are from the US so sure i don't yeah. i have the canadian flag there but canada doesn't i don't know where they are <laughs> they haven't found me yet <laughs> well that's that's awesome i just when did you get started on this journey of budgeting saving investing because you don't have a traditional finance background so i'm just kind of curious how that came no, about no i don't I definitely don't. So this came about back in 
2015, maybe 2014, um, my boyfriend at the time and I, um, I, we broke, we had an apartment and we broke up and we went back and I went back to living with my mother's okay. at 34. So that really bothered the shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry if you're cursing on your podcast. No, you know what? That I love it. You speak however you want because it's authentic and I love it. Keep going. Perfect. So that really grounded me and humbled me. And I hated it. I hated being back home. I felt like I failed. And sure. my friends at the time weren't going back home. They were doing their nursing and getting apartments and saving money. And um, from there, I got back with my boyfriend. He moved in with me in my mother's house to see the hell that I was going through. Yep. And we just talked. Uh, we had a good talk about saving money, getting it together. And that's where we really started. Well, I really started because I'm really into finance. And he follows my lead. But yeah, we, for one year, uh, I believe it was 2014. Sorry, with the dates, is either 2013, 2014, 2015 was a big change. Yeah. So for one year, we did nothing. Like, we basically were in a pandemic. <laughs> we did nothing. We stayed in my mom's house. We hung out there. Yeah. We saved money. We crushed all our debt. We did our credit report. Found out that we had credit cards we completely forgot about. Oh, found geez. out we had debt we completely forgot about from college. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was really like, you know, it was just ignorance going on for years and then when we really decided to focus and dive in we were really surprised at how much we didn't know was going on at the fault of our own yeah so yeah we worked uh extra hours uh picking up extra jobs and we paid off a lot of debt and in the at the same time we saved up to buy our first home together very nice Yes. You know, and, that debt, was that was that personal debt or was it student debt? What was the makeup of that debt? So the makeup of the debt was just bad spending credit card debt. Uh, scary. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> credit card debt, uh, line of credit debt, and cars. Uh, my car, yeah. my car debt, and um, a phone bill I forgot about. And he had a credit card he forgot about and he owed money to the school that he wasn't even aware of oh, the wow. university. So that was the beginning of that debt that we had to pay off and get together, get it together for our first home. Mm. When you were doing that, how did you, cause a lot of that you mentioned, I would assume it was high interest that how did you, <laughs> prioritize the debt and then saving towards like a house or an invest, you know, your investment accounts. How did you look at that? So the priority for us was to pay off the extremely old ones first. Cause that those ones were racking up the debt because some were in collections Okay, and really hurting the credit report. So those ones we, and of course we weren't paying rent at that time. Like, normal rent we were just giving my mother a little bit of rent but sure. not anything to you know put a 
damper in our funding and our in our income. So the more you, the majority of the money wants to pay off that debt. Okay. And uh, from there, because that was the worst high interest, so I guess you can call it the debt av- avalanche method. Yeah. And from there, we uh, brought it down, like the highest interest to the lowest. Okay. And then the extra money we would be saving, and we'd save a set amount. So we gave ourselves a year at my mother's. And we already knew the place we wanted and how much we could afford Okay. for the condo. So we took that number and we divided it by 12. So that was like, regardless, we have to save that amount of money as well as pay down the debt. Okay. I like that. And, you know, I'm also curious about your side hustles. How did you get started in your side hustles? And can you kind of explain what you got going on on your plate? So my side hustle actually started um, with the finance community and Instagram. It's almost like everyone on Instagram has a side hustle. And that's all you see. I mean, when Google starts listening and Alexa starts listening, yeah. I honestly was seeing ads and more feeds, to- more feeds towards side hustling. Sure. So I'm the type of person where... I'm, I'm just going to try it. Like, what can it hurt? I'm just going to try. Yeah. Whatever. Who knows what's going to come from it? What comes from it? Money? Then yay. <laughs> Great. Right. Absolutely. So, I do surveys. So, in on Facebook, there is a group. Um, actually, I've been doing this one for a very long time, but I didn't. I think the term side hustles is all new to me, but I was always in this group. And what they do is focus group studies and they pay you depending on if you meet the criteria for the study. Okay. And that one pays like a lot of money. Studies pay a lot. Like for a week of work, you'll get 300 bucks. Really? Doing nothing. Yeah. Like just answering questions. So the last one was about my son. Do you have a son or children who have eczema, which is like skin rash? Yep. And he does. So... I had to just answer a couple of questions online and they, it was four days, maybe 10 minutes a day. And they gave me $300. Wow. Yeah. And they post studies all the time in that group, like maybe three times a week, four times a week. And they're pretty general and broad. Okay. Uh, so you can, like the last one was if you're between 19 and 55 and, um, what were they looking for? They're looking for, do you smoke? Do you vape? Okay. Contact us and they'll pay you like $175. And I'm always, uh, before I'd always share it in my stories, the studies. Right. I'd always share it in the studies and then anyone could just go and look and I'd share the group a lot. Okay. So people know about it. Yeah. And then my other one was I... <laughs> the magic of Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and I'm lying. A lady was selling a course on how to open an Etsy shop. And the way she presented it was so easy that I was like, why is anyone doing Is there a catch? Like, it seemed too good to be true. It was maybe $50, learn how to do an Etsy course, and I'll help you find products. And I'll, I'll help you find, and I'll, be give you, and I'll give you products so you can start your Etsy store. And I 
Honestly, I was just like, whatever. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to try it. Okay. And I did the course, and it was literally, click here, start Etsy, open it up, log in. Here's what you write. Here's what you type. Here's what you put for ads. These are your tags. This is what you put. This is how you find products, and here's some products. That was it. It was the best course I've ever taken in my whole life. I am going to have to ask you to send that to me so I can put it in the podcast notes. I will definitely uh, do that. She'll, I'll actually contact her to let her know that I'm going to do that for her. Okay. Uh, I'm not remembering her. Her name's Yadsia, but uh, her business, she has a bunch of courses. So she has like digital, uh, create digital planners, how to make and create templates on Canva to sell. No, oh, yep. Yeah, and that was it. So I did that with my Etsy, and I found products to sell. And her products she gave as well that you can buy commercial use and sell it yourself once okay. you edit it. And that's what I'm doing. And that's my my Etsy store started up. And um, I'm actually working on print on demand to attach it to the Etsy store, but I'm, it's. I'm, that's a learning curve for me, so <laughs> it's not on that story yet. Okay. Um, I'm working on merch. Like, I know you have your merch out. I'm working on merch, too, to add to that story. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I do print-on-demand as well. Um, so, and that was pretty easy to set up through Shopify, but it's a little yeah, expensive. Yeah. It, it, it's so much, it's a lot of fees that they take, so. Yeah. I'm a bit uh, on the fence, but the digital stuff that were digital downloads it's a lot of money like i etsy pays you weekly and i get paid weekly i make sales weekly on etsy and your your just your digital download your budgets and all that yeah the budgets and the printables and yeah the digital downloads i have to check this out this is you know, rough numbers. Do you do you you know make a oh. couple hundred dollars a month, or is it you know you don't have to get the no. specifics? I'm just curious. No, it's not. I only have 14 products on there, so okay. it's like it's not a lot, like 50 bucks a month. Okay. It's not a lot. But you can scale it like, though. That certainly exactly can scale. like. And the thing is, I have. She gives you a lot. Like I have so much to put on to Etsy that I got from the course and learning that it, I can put on over a hundred. Like my goal is to put over a hundred products just from the course on there. And I haven't even gotten there yet. I'm only at 14. Okay. And that's because I'm a mama. <laughs> you're a mama, you're busy, or, and you're still a mama, nurse too, I'm right? I'm a nurse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. Good for you. That's great that you you know you got those side hustles, all that. I. I noticed some of your posts, you're talking about saving, you know, you have your kid's portfolio. I'm kind of curious, what does that look like in Canada? What kind of accounts do you utilize for your kids? So the first one I had set up, it's exactly similar to the 529 plan. It's okay. identical, but in Canada, it's called the Registered Education Savings Plan. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but in Canada, it's not advertised as investing. It's really not. It's just all about saving, putting your money in, and the government matching. Mm, okay. It's not really advertised a lot that I see where they talk about index funds or stocks and stuff like that. But you can get an, our ESP, 
that's an investment account because there's two different types. There's one in the beginning where I didn't know anything. I just had a regular um, registered RESP with just saving money and putting money in there for the kids. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And then the government puts their match in. So, Uh, yeah, but through learning and learning about personal finance, I learned that an RESP is also an investment account. So I switched it to an investment account type and I bought them. I, I did my research and I bought them some stocks. I got them some, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I got them some dividend stocks, some growth stocks and some index funds and one bond. Wow. How did you go? What was your strategy in be, behind picking it for your kids? Is it uh, long-term in mind? So it's for their education definitely. or how did that work? So the strategy is definitely long-term in mind since they're only three and 11 months. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I went with um, the initial strategy was just uh, diversification. diversification. So... I got them utility companies, bank stocks, and index index funds and bonds. Okay. Stop putting light bulbs in your nose. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, That's awesome. Was. I, I uh, for you guys listening in, she wasn't talking to me. I promise. <laughs> I was not doing that. <laughs> my son, my son just took apart um, a light up letter, and it had mini light bulbs in it, and he put two in his nose so that's great it happens <laughs> it happens uh where was i so yes i utility um bank index funds for so the, the home market and bonds okay and all of them pay dividends nice. and all the all the dividends are reinvested oh, i like that yeah and the new strategy because i learned about Wealth simple, and I tested it. The robo advisor, and I think it's great. The safe index fund investing, long term growth, and you can set the risk levels uh, based on how long you're investing for and uh, what the accounts for. So I switch. I'm in the middle right now, switching them to Wealth Simple from TD Direct investing. It's taking a very long time, but I no longer put money in the TD. I only put money now in the wealth symbol, and they uh, they buy the ETFs and, and the stocks. Yeah, and they get um, their dividends reinvested automatically, which I'm like, I'm talking. Yeah. That's, do you have a robo advisor for your accounts as well, or is it just mainly for the kids? Uh, the kids one is the education one, and I have one as well at TFSA, and okay. the, they're exactly the same in terms of what stocks they're picked. The robo advisor. Okay. What are? But what I are also your... have. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Keep going. I'm oh, sorry. I have. I also have my my TD Direct Investing for retirement. Oh. I have that account. That's my DIY investing. And then I have Wealth Simple Trade, um, just index funds in there that I picked. Okay. 
what are your what are your goals for you know investing or do you have any goals that you are trying to stick to are you trying to retire at a certain age i'm just curious what your take is well my take is since i started late and you know just learning everything for the kids is to build a generational wealth and get them that passive income and to have money at retirement Mm. So many people I know are still working and they're 67, 68, 70. And that, that's not for me. That's I, definitely I agree. not for me. And it, it's, it's sad. It's sad, right? Because it's not yeah. that difficult if you start, you know, early or you start on time. Um, it's not that difficult. You, it, you know, you don't have to try super hard if you start early. Exactly. And they just announced over here in Canada... Um, if you want to share with everybody that is starting in grade nine for the students, a, they have to take a financial literacy course. Do they really in Canada? Really? Yes. They're starting it. It starts in September for grade nine students. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it definitely does. And it covers investing, budgeting, learning about money, everything. And, uh, it's a, I believe it's a mandatory course, but I'm not sure. My, my kids are only three and 11 months, so I'm really into what's going on in junior kindergarten. Right. But it is on the news talking about changes to the curriculum for high school students. Well, that's what I like to see because I feel like the U.S. has it backwards. They don't really, uh, at least when I was growing up in high school, they didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know where this came about, but... The school, it's funny, the educate it hasn't changed since 2005, the curriculum. So, this is a long time coming. Oh, you, so like in Canada, the education. It's a big change. Yeah, uh... it's a big change. It's a big change. It hasn't changed like this since 2005. So, and this is brand new. It's funny because in the U.S., the education curriculum seems to change a lot. Um, just it, it, they changed their curriculum, but s- still to this day, year in, year, year out, they have not added personal finance. I haven't seen it. So it just, it's weird to me that it's not a priority. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of odd. I'm glad they're starting over here. <laughs> so what are your big goals for 2021? Kind of curious. Invest a shit ton of money. Yeah. As much as I can, <laughs> grow my portfolios as much as I can, and um, build up the kids' portfolio as much as I can, really. I have already a fully funded emergency fund. I have a mortgage and a house, and it has a lot of equity in it. So, And I don't have debt. So I, I'm just, you know, being a mom, sharing my memes. I love encouraging it. people to save and invest their money and, you know, helping people pay off their debt. Yeah, I'm hoping, you know, there. it's weird because I, I feel the same way. I feel like most people's attention, at least my age, they're, they're focusing on the meme stocks and all those things, which I hope at some point they, they come across pages like yours where it's really good, solid financial information. That's what I hope. Um, I, I hope that it happens this year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really, I, I hope that people do see the change. And I think for at least Canadians anyway, when they get that, that education in there, it'll be, it'll be really good. Do you, 
you, what's your age demographic? Do you know, like, do you still have, is it typically an older community that, that follows you? Or are you getting young people to come? I'm, I'm just curious. I, I get 25 to 44. Okay. Yeah. And then the majority is, I believe, 35 to 44. I haven't looked at it recently, but the last time I checked, it was around that age. Okay, that's a okay. That's a solid age group. Yeah, that's solid. I've noticed yeah. mine's a little younger, but it's weird. I was reading a report today, and it talked about like America's exceptionalism, right? Because you know how Americans think they're they're better. You know, you know how it goes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was actually reading a serious report about how Americans perceive risk in such a backwards way they think they have so much more control of their portfolio and their money because they think they're better um so i i just thought that was an interesting dichotomy there and i definitely kind of see that across social media when i see people my age and how they invest um i'm hoping Someone, that changes you're, over you're time believe, you're not gonna believe this story right now you're not gonna believe it you know how amc is at like 55 well i don't know what it is today i didn't check but it was sure. up 55 a share right and someone messaged me how do i buy amc stocks and i <laughs> dropped my phone i was just like i need to do better you i need, need my, better. No, i'm not getting through i need to do better online this isn't this isn't right no uh. <laughs> this isn't right no i said you are, are you joking like this isn't no i was so i was so flabbergasted that i didn't know how to respond and i'm like okay first of all don't 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 buy it don't that's my advice don't mm -hmm. don't get in it don't buy it no what are you doing do you even know anything like i started losing it and i'm like you know what it's your money you asked how to invest yeah. so <laughs> this is how you buy the stock and that's how you're gonna lose your money I, you know what i guess that's a decent way to frame it you know it's one of those things i i tread carefully because i I've been on the attacking side of AMC trying to attack it, and I have just been, I mean, hounded. I get death threats. I get weird stuff. <laughs> you would be surprised what Chad gets sent to me. <laughs> like, really weird stuff. Um, so it's one of those I, I have to tread as carefully as I can because people, um, you know, with those assets, they're real, they have volatile opinions and they, oh yeah. And I think it plays that American exceptionalism. They really don't think they're wrong. They might not be, but they're so stuck in their frame of mind and their echo chambers that they belong to that. It's hard to convince them otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Until they see it. And then they're crying. You're right. So I just look, you're right. Yeah. AMC's at $55. That's really high. It's really yeah. scary. Yeah. I had a portion and I sold mine long ago. Oh, did you really? I did. I got the case of FOMO. I'll I'll be <laughs> I'll be open and honest. I did have some FOMO. I got in though at seven dollars. So Did you I'm get good. out unscathed? <laughs> like did you end up winning? <laughs> I did. I did. I got out at fourteen. Oh, okay. Then that's great. I, yes. But it was the scariest ride and the most amount of stress that I ever went through with investing and never again, never again, never. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that's not talked about a lot, right? Like the returns might be great, but that quality of life 
I've been in that world on the institutional side. It is so stressful. It's not a way to live. No, (laughs) (laughs) the stress, stressing, checking the phone every day. No. No. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. (laughs) Is there any other, you know, pieces of advice you, you'd give people who are maybe 18 that you wish you could have told yourself at 18? I know I have a few young listeners. What, what would you give them? Oh man, what would I tell 18 year olds? When I was 18, I did what I wanted. I thought I was always right. Sure. I didn't listen to anybody. <laughs> and I admired those who had way more than I did while I sat around and did nothing. Mm-hmm. And my advice would be if you want what other people have, ask them how they got it. Oh. Yeah, that's a ask. good one. Ask them how they got it. Ask them how much they work. Ask them what they're doing. Ask them what it mm. takes. Get you on that path. And you'd be surprised. Budgeting, investing, saving, right. working a lot of hours. I like that. Side, side hustling, yeah. I'm sure they'll tell you. Yeah, It's one of those weird ones. I feel like as a kid, we kind of put these wealthy people in these these groups that they're like, they have some sort of like prestige or, or they're untouchables. But when you like right. just ask them, they're probably pretty open to talking to you. You don't have to put them in this way where they're like untouchable. Like they're pretty, some yeah. of them are approachable and they, some of them want to leave a lasting legacy and, and provide value to you. That's what I've found at least. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. And if you, you won't know if you don't ask. Right. You don't get what you don't ask for. exactly and if you know if you don't want if you want to learn something go out there and learn it yeah get after it absolutely the money's definitely not gonna just fall in your lap Uh, i wish it did though (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) that'd be great (laughs) my mother always used to say money doesn't grow on trees and now i know it is just printed (laughs) do do canadians (laughs) Does Canada print as much as the U.S.? I'm kind of curious. I don't keep up. I, with I, that. I honestly, that's that's so terrifying to me that the amount that is printed, and I don't want to know the answer. To be honest, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know if it's even. I'm sure it's not as much. I would imagine so. Yeah. I'm definitely sure it's not as much as the crisis in you the, know the U.S. The U.S. is not the same as in Canada, so I'm sure it's not as much, but I'm sure it's still a number that would be very unsettling to know. Yeah, that's always a weird one. It's like people look up to the government in so many ways, but it's like, especially for the U.S. government, it's like they can't even balance a a budget. You know, it's like, (laughs) how how are you depending on the government for retirement when you're 65? That's the thing that's scary. I, that scares me is like these people banking on social security or what have you. It just scares me. Oh, I don't even. The money that you get here when you're uh, of that age to retire and collect it from the government yeah. is well, well below the amount. The, the inflation would just just rip it. It would mean nothing. It'd be it'd be nothing if it, it, you just work like work till you it's die. Nothing. Yeah. Pennies, yeah. Because it's just, it's not, you can't live off of it. Unless you're in a family member's house and they have a spare room, yeah. you cannot live off of what the government is going to have for you at 65. 
And that's not a life I no. want anyone to have. No, definitely. When I sometimes you go to the store and you see a, see those Walmart greeters, mm-hmm. for example, and they're all friendly and cheery, and you're just like, why aren't you at home relaxing? Or you know, why, mm. how, how are you still there, standing up eight hours a day, just smiling? <sighs> yeah, that's hard, right? I, and I don't know if it's that people think that the government's going to take care of them, or they just don't care. I don't know. I'm curious what people's psychology is throughout the years i i'd be interested to kind of know what people thought was going to happen a lot of people thought like around where i am is well you know my kids my kids will take care of me my kids in the government will take care of me yeah and as a nurse who've worked in long-term care homes and mental health facilities kids aren't always there they're not they're not (laughs) they don't come they don't come. No, that's true. They don't visit. They ain't there. Some people will just leave you and say their goodbyes and wait for their will, their the will to be read, and that's it. So it's funny you say I that because that's what my my sister's a nurse as well, just like you, and uh, mm-hmm. she says the same thing. You'd be surprised how little some of the the family members care. You'd be yeah, but they they're collecting their check. They're 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 collecting the money, and they don't care. They don't visit, and I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm definitely 100 percent not depending on my children for retirement, and hoping that their lives are you know, they just taking care of me like it, all day every day. No, right. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about depending on your kids. For, I don't know if it should be your kids' responsibility. That's how I definitely, I do. definitely not. Because I wouldn't want to have to take care of my my parents. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'll be there, but it shouldn't be my responsibility solely. Exactly, exactly. That's that's my point. If I didn't say it properly on the podcast before people start unfollowing me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, absolutely not. You'd be surprised. Just make a meme about it. I'll just make a meme about it. <laughs> Well, Natalie, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a fun podcast. You're always, a, you know, it was a pleasure talking to you. You're a great personality and uh, you have a great message. So for you guys listening in, go, go follow, um, go follow her. I'll put all of her information in the podcast notes and uh, anything else you want to give my listeners a shout out to? I think your listeners need more Chad reels. I think they'd agree with me. So put them out there for them. I I will do it. I will do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Natalie. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, you filthy animals. Thanks for tuning in. Stay hungry. Keep grinding. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.